Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. For millennia, humans have turned to astrology for answers to the world's questions and to tell stories of deities that oversee everything from big-picture communications, politics, and commerce to more personal-level direction and affirmation for everyday living and human affairs. So the history of astrology goes way back, even if its practice hasn't been consistently widespread. But in the last 50 years, and especially with the rise of social media, astrology is putting stars in our eyes and on our radars again. It sits at the forefront of popular culture, which is leading people to explore what's up with celestial bodies and what they have to do with us here on planet Earth. Here to give us a crash course in astrology is Jade Moore, astrologer and owner of Sincerely the Craft, a metaphysics store in Midtown St. Louis. Jade, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. So popular astrology is what most folks know of. You know, people will ask, what's your sign? And then a bunch of assumptions about their character uh, often comes after that. So in a nutshell, what is astrology and what's the connection to sign? Sure. Uh, astrology is based on the belief that the movement of planets and uh, celestial bodies um, and the relative locations affect human affairs and actions. Um, when we talk about um, a, a sign, we're talking about personal behaviors of a person um, or the moral makeup of the characteristics of a person. Mm -hmm. However, astrology is more so a map or a blueprint um, of your life as opposed to the psychology of it. Okay. So there are, uh, there are more than signs and there's more than one sign. Most of what people know is called their sun sign. Mm -hmm. And there's actually much more to it than that. As you mentioned, you know, planetary bodies, zodiac signs, and houses make up what is uh, called the natal chart. How is it that you figure out your natal chart, and what do all those components mean? First, I'm going to need uh, date, location, and time of birth, which most of the times nowadays when, um, you know, someone will text their mother and say, can I get location, time, and <laughs> where I was born, um, the mom will say, leave that girl alone, <laughs> uh -huh. you know, because um, people think that we're trying to, uh, you know, pick at the philosophy of someone. But you need those particular, uh, that particular information um, to discern a natal chart. Um, what, what makes up a natal chart is uh, the planetary alignments um, within the houses and the cosmic um, uh transits, uh, astrological cosmic transits, which is the zodiac signs, that um, kind of take a snapshot at the time of birth. Mm -hmm. And this um, 
obviously is more so more than just your sun sign because there are many planets um, that we're talking about, um, uh, whether it be dwarf planets, generational planets, or um, uh, planets that we can see with the naked eye. Um, but specifically, we work with about eight uh, planets, um, and we place that in the houses, and the zodiac signs are um, kind of the uh, placement of how things play out. Mm-hmm. Um, in your natal chart because yes there's your sun sign but that really only only determines uh your um superficial identity meaning what you're kind of showing the world um and it's a luminary body that's ever changing so quickly um but if you actually dive a little bit deeper into your natal chart um and we look at the moon that's your emotional response to stigma that's outside of you and then you look at the mercury this is how um or the planetary body of mercury this is how we communicate with people um and so on and so forth so uh when you would when we would hear horoscopes we would be like okay so what's happening in my love life venus um as opposed to just saying oh i'm in Aries, so what's happening? Um, which is sometimes why I think that people um, can get uh, confused, as in, oh, that's not really what's happening, um, especially when you're thinking internal, which would probably be your moon sign. Mm-hmm. Or if you're looking at a certain goal, you probably need to look at your rising sign or the exact um, time of where the sun was rising um, towards at the time of your birth. Mm-hmm. So is part of the misunderstanding of what astrology is is that a, a product of people's not really understanding what it is and how it works? So I, I believe that um, part of the misunderstanding is um, if we actually go uh, backwards historically, um, there was a divide between astrology and astronomy, which these particular um, aspects were um, dignified as something used together. And when there was that particular divide, this happened through the Middle Ages and uh, carried on through the Age of Reason. Um, this was due to a religious upset. So sometimes when we talk about predetermination, that doesn't settle well in certain religious cultures. And I think that this is actually the misunderstanding that is um, seen with astrology. Is it um, an occult practice? Is it pseudoscience? Is it science? What is it? And am I allowed to use it? Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to use it? Correct. Why allowed? Because I think that in certain uh, religious practices and beliefs, astrology is seen as an occult practice. So I think that that is something that is steered away from and commonly misinterpreted as something as evil. Mm -hmm. So would you say that a belief in astrology could be thought of as a, a practice of faith? So I... I can't really say that it's faith because it really is based on scientific facts and patterns that play out uh, in the sky and has historically played out retrospectively in the past. And this is how we actually determine what might happen in the future because of the planetary alignments and how um, these uh, historical events might have played out uh, in due cause in the past when this particular alignment or transition happened mm-hmm. uh, before. Um, is it repeating itself? Yes, they all repeat themselves because mm-hmm. all of the um, planets are going to make a uh, cycle. Right. So speaking of the, the past mm-hmm. and what we know, where things are lining up, mm-hmm. uh, 
being host of this show comes with some special perks. Mm-hmm. So you have my information mm-hmm. to do a natal chart reading. Mm-hmm. So Jade, based on what you know of me, mm-hmm. tell me what you see. <laughs> I'm so excited for this part. <laughs> I was very interested in digging into um, your natal chart, actually. Um, firstly, I uh, I can tell that um, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing in life right now. Because of some of the aspects of your particular chart, like your son being in Aquarius and your fun-loving attitude because of that, um, and towards life, you seek appreciation. But the major component of why you're doing exactly what you're doing is because of the conjunction Mercury, which Mercury, um, that particular planetary body, is all about communication as well as, you know, uh, expression. Um, so you're, you would have to do something in your life that you would express yourself and your voice would be heard, um, especially with this being an Aquarius, you have to be really invested in what you're talking about. Um, an Aquarian is is uh, definitely um, a person that uh, goes for what they want and they believe highly in um, their particular moral beliefs and it's hard to really, uh, you know, detach them from that. But you're able to compartmentalize, and that's because um, of your Capricorn in Mercury, um, which also makes you obviously a really good um, <laughs> host for a show like this or any other, um, because you can put aside um, your belief systems to ascertain information because you're a very curious person. So you heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> this is affirmation. <laughs> So there is one part of my natal chart that has to do with Neptune. Mm-hmm. And it it's one of those instances of, oh, that that's kind of weird and freaky and cool. Mm-hmm. Tell me about what you see there. Right. So you have Neptune in your fourth house, um, which, as I said, houses is just really just a map of the stars. It never moves. Um, and you have the planetary body of Neptune in your fourth house when you were born. And what this generally indicates is that you have a long line of witches or uh, spiritual practitioners in your um, in your bloodline. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I don't know this, with, this will ruin my credibility with some people. <laughs> we might up it. Yeah. But my, uh, my paternal grandmother, there mm. is a history of, of shamanism there. Okay. Uh, and I've heard stories about um, her being able to uh, to go into homes mm-hmm. and help them uh, get get rid of unwanted guests. Wow! I might have to hire you. Yeah. Oh, I I don't know about that. <laughs> it's okay. I don't see it in your chart. Okay. Great. <laughs> I know that that is not the the complete reading, but you mm-hmm. mentioned something about Mercury, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons we're talking about astrology today is that there is so much out there, particularly on social media, um, in popular culture, where people are talking about their their signs. You know the the um, their sun signs, their sun sign, uh, moon, sign um, moon sign, rising sign. Yes, about top three. So there's all all the, all of that, and Mercury being in retrograde <laughs> is something that I see all over the place, and it seems to freak people out. Why is that the case? 
Um, so when we talk about, well, A, it's trending. So once, you know, uh, our modern civilization grabs onto a term, we run with it, you know. And, you know, you see some of the memes like, oh, no, like, uh, you know, we put Gatorade in the microwave again. Um, and um, really uh, what the reason why this particular um, retrograde is so prevalent in our society is because it happens four times a year. So it is one of the most reoccurring transits. Mm -hmm. And also when we talk about a planetary body going retrograde, we're talking about an evaluation period. So things will go wrong so is that we can reevaluate them and fix them. So it's not anything to be afraid of. It's mm -hmm. more so um, we're going back and fixing the things and we need to know what's wrong in order to fix those. So okay. it's a signal. But uh, even uh, when we talk natally, yes, this affects person by person, but uh, mundanely it can affect um, the world as well. Mm -hmm. And that mundane part is something that uh, is new to me mm -hmm. and really interesting. So, you know, not everyone is a skeptic when it comes to astrology. Mm -hmm. And along with what seems like an uptick, you know, in the number of folks who are looking to the stars to figure out what's to come, there's a history of political leaders who've had astrologers as advisors when they were in office. And one example is Joan Quigley, who was from here um, in Missouri, a Kansas City, Missouri native. Mm -hmm. And she was called upon by First Lady Nancy Reagan in the 1980s. Tell us about that. So um, the reason why uh, Nancy Reagan called upon uh, Quigley is because in the astrological world, there were rumors that um, President Reagan respectfully would resign um, in, uh, in the midst of a distasteful uh, scandal and disgrace. And this is because the planetary alignments. Um, and this actually fell under a Mercury retrograde, believe it or not. Oh. Um, <laughs> but um, it is... So that didn't actually happen. However, comma, on the day that was predetermined that this particular resignation would take place, an attempt was made on President Reagan's life. Mm -hmm. um, so although this uh, historical event didn't manifest the way astrologers um, predetermined it to manifest, it did manifest into something that was um, scary and detrimental um, to this uh, to the presidential career. Mm -hmm. um, so this is why um, uh, First Lady Nancy Reagan um, um, consultant and astrologer in the first place. So the 1980s is a time I remember seeing things on television mm -hmm. about psychics mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, and I don't know if it was also because it was a, a time when I was a, like at middle school that these sorts of you know conversations. Mm -hmm about, you know, what your sign is and what is associated with that was kind of part of how people were were talking and sort of socializing with each mm -hmm. other. And now it seems like there's been what feels like, to me anyway, a resurgence Absolutely. in interest. So have you noticed that increase as well? And Absolutely. So tell me, how how is this coming about? Like, what what do you think accounts for it? Well, I think that access to social media is huge. And like I said, um, I think spirituality is trending. And then when you get to the minutia of it and uh, the minutia of predetermination, I think uh, astrology has to come up. 
Um, and it's because it truly is a map or a blueprint of one's life and events that's going to shape that person's um, personality. Um, I think that um, because you can Google anything at any time and then also because we have these computators right in front of us and we can bring up a birth chart and there's apps for that. Uh, I think there's a few main apps that are out there that a lot of people are even interconnected with that you can, you know, be friends with somebody and then you can see how both of your days are going to go and how they intertwine. Okay. So why wouldn't you <laughs> want to do that? You know, in the 1980s, there was, uh, you know, uh, write-ups in the back of magazines and things. What's your horoscope? And I think that uh, the magazine culture of 1980s kind of mm. proclamated that because yeah. you, you got your magazine and, and you, you went right to the horoscope to see how your month was going to go. Right. Well, right. now we can do so much more with technology. So we are. Mm-hmm. We need to take a quick break. But we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation about astrology, specifically what planets and stars can tell us about what's happening now and in the new year. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. Now back to our conversation with Jade Moore, astrologer and owner of Sincerely the Craft, a metaphysics store in Midtown St. Louis. So we've made it a week into the new year now. Jade, what do you see when you look at the current placement of planets or transits and things like that? Well, (laughs) so I can say uh, in January, it should be a very good um, month, especially for you looking at your natal chart. But um, it should be a really good month. Um, People can get organized uh, very well because of some of the transits that are going on. People can feel like they're getting um, uh, their ish together. And not only in a natal sense, which is uh, a personal body sense, but even um, looking around the world, there should be more so of a plan of what's going on politically out there as well. So it won't feel like uh, so much as we've been placed in a Yahtzee cup and we're just kind of being shaken up up in there. Um, So we're going to see more so of plans coming up, especially with the industrial strikes and things like that, um, that will cool off a little bit, especially towards April. So um, our economic um, state will improve a little bit, which will feel like a big impact on um, individuals societally. Mm -hmm. And what you've mentioned about the strikes, Mm -hmm. what was the past telling us about the sort of the wave of strikes that have taken place among Workers that are ranging from, you know, Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've spoken with nurses, um, and teachers have not gone on strike here in Missouri, but that has also happened too. Sure. Um, so when we look historically. Um, the way that the planetary bodies are um, associated and aligned right now um, look very similar to um, the labor strikes such as 
the railroad strike in uh, July of 1894, and this resulted in uh, what we call Labor Day today. But if we actually um, then elongate that and look at the decades decades that came after that, there was a certain pattern, and we're actually following that pattern to a T right now, um, beginning with the May retrograde and Gemini uh, with the Writers Guild strike. And if you take apart what I just said, mm-hmm. um, the Mercury it rules communication, um, and Gemini also is a zodiacal um, communicative uh sign. And we're talking about Mercury retrograde. So it's an, a reevaluation of, um, you know, a situation that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, a writer's guild strike fell right into line about, you know, uh, towards that particular pattern. Um, thereafter, we had a Venus retrograde in Leo, and that's um, co-aligning with the actor's strike. So when you look at Venus, we're talking about passion, we're talking about poetry, we're talking about actors and and things like that. It being retrograde in Leo, which is a leadership position, um, it makes sense that there was an actor's strike. Um, Moving a little bit more forward, the Jupiter and Taurus retrograde, um, which this particular uh, transit won't uh, really perfect until um, April. So we can see a long pattern of our society seeing more and more strikes in the labor industry that is going to proclamate something big to come for not just that particular section, not just the writers, not just the actors, um, but, you know, everyone in the industrial. I mean, this is a new industrial revolution, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. But the Jupiter and Taurus... um, particular transit, um, this is where the auto workers began to strike, which um, when you look at, um, you know, uh, the past, the auto workers have always had a huge impact on our economy. But this might not have as big of an impact as what we, uh, you know, can see coming with the healthcare strikes and all of that stuff mm-hmm. um, that might actually um, demand you know, for uh, some real change to happen. And we could probably see this change happening um, or beginning to happen uh, April. And this will go on until 2026. Mm-hmm. So as you're talking, something that I'm thinking about, our you know, listening audience, um, among some of the, the younger folks, mm-hmm. I think there are people who follow astrology mm-hmm. um, in a way that perhaps some of the, the older folks do not. Mm-hmm. Have there been any instances where you have seen people who are a little dubious and then when you kind of talk them through really specific events that it kind of goes from, I don't know whether this is this makes sense to me to, oh, wait a minute, this is mm-hmm. this is really interesting. Yeah, all the time. Um, Because uh, astrology is based on patterns um, and, uh, you know, schema that's thematically reoccurring through our history, I love getting a hold of someone who doesn't believe in um, the, I guess, spiritual aspect, but there's so much more to it. Especially when I can throw something out there like the patterns of the eclipses um, and uh, how you know, the death of Christ actually follows um, that particular pattern. Um, Like in the Gospel of Luke, um, section 23, um, part 44 and 45, um, he was um, actually, uh, he died under a uh, lunar eclipse, or a solar eclipse, I apologize. Um, But it says, and I quote, "Um, it was now noon and darkness came over the land until 3 p.m., indicating a solar eclipse. Um, And the eclipses are um, true um, transformational transits. So 
Um, and no one can deny those. No one can, uh, you know, you, everybody sees them, especially when we have total eclipses. So when luminaries get eclipsed like this, um, it's uh, snuffing out or associated with death. And um, most times than not, um, it is a fall of an empire like the Roman Empire. The, uh, for example, the Civil War was enacted during a uh, solar eclipse. And uh, normally malefic, which um, isn't always uh, the best type of um, situations, happened under uh, lunar and solar eclipses. So you just have to talk to them like in their language and then they get it. Yeah. But I can talk bar talk too. So like, (laughs) you know, if I could be a girly and be like, what's your top three? Or I can truly (laughs) talk about like the historical events um, if someone needs that backstory for Mm -hmm. sure. I think if I were a little buzzed, (laughs) this would be a lot to follow. (laughs) How much do you, Jade, use astrology as a way to better understand or contextualize what has happened versus using it as a tool to predict what will occur. For so, myself or others? Uh, for yourself and for others. Oh, yeah, because I'm in Aries, so I don't like to be told what to do. So doing my own natal chart is a no-no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very interesting to see these type of things. Um, knowing the knowledge that I know and then peering at my own, I still get shocked uh-huh. by uh, these particular patterns and how they manifest for sure. But um, on a more daily uh, basis, I do natal charts for other people and um I talk to them about how they can um, proceed successfully forward because of the energetic uh, transits of the luminaries that happen. So I use the, the, this particular system all the time. I use the Hellenistic classical um, system um, to uh, give spiritual advice. Um, I use this on a daily basis, but not always for myself because I don't want to know. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes a little mystery is better. Yes. Yes. So what is it about astrology that really is... Like, it's fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I would imagine without that element being there, it would just be freaky. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that people love figuring brains out. They love figuring out philosophy and their own psychology and how it works together and how, you know, who am I? Uh, How would I uh, confront this situation? Um, People love talking about themselves and they love figuring themselves out. And sometimes when you actually know the configuration of who you are, um, you can change your mindset and you can uh, manifest anything. Um, If you can change your mind, you can change the world. Mm -hmm. There have also been arguments made that if there's something that you want to believe, Mm -hmm. that you'll sort of fit things together so like a little bit of confirmation bias. If you read something positive mm-hmm. in what might be your horoscope, then you're looking for ways to sort of fit that into what happened, particularly in the, the past. So I guess it would not be a horoscope in that case. How much of that do you think um, is just a, a matter of what humans would naturally do? And you know how much of it maybe comes from a place of skepticism mm-hmm. Um, or really wanting to believe something. Mm-hmm. So I believe when it comes to, because I, I, I feel like what you're talking about truly is like manifesting and, and mindset change and also the power of the mind and how it relates to what we do and how we do it. Um, 
I think that the mind is very powerful um, if we're always looking for signs and signals, you know, like, oh, I saw 444 or this is my lucky amulet. So that means the day is going to go well. Um, and truly, I do believe that you can change your energy and you can change your outcome if you change your mindset. Um, and I think that that's what's all about. That's what this is all about, the human experience um, and how you choose your your way through this particular path. Uh, we didn't come down here with a manual, so we're constantly looking for confirmation that we're doing right and we're traveling the right path. And these signs and signals that we get, um, we grab onto them. Mm-hmm. And do people ever take it too far, in your opinion? I think you can take anything too far. No matter what it is, I think that there's a healthy dose of astrology, everybody, and I think that there's an unhealthy dose of astrology, especially when you're talking to, you know, someone who only talks in astrological vernacular, which I try not to do um, per se, but it could be pretty offensive if I'm like, oh, yeah, you're a Scorpio, ill, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Passing judgment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, I do think that there's a a certain point of, you know, too much. Mm -hmm. And our agency really plays a big part in all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're coming into a different age where it comes to spirituality and occultism and esoteric nature and as, as well as pseudoscience, especially when we're talking about astrology, in that a lot more people are um, understanding it and they're, um, it's becoming normalized. So it's easier uh, to speak in terms of astrology and people understand it a little bit more. Um, and I think that that also um, gives it that fun aspect mm-hmm. for sure. Jade Moore is owner of Sincerely the Craft in Midtown St. Louis and a a student and teacher of astrology. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jade. Thank you so much, Elaine. Thank you for having me. This episode was produced, recorded, and edited by Maya Norfleet. Our audio engineer is Aaron Doerr. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.